Good afternoon, listeners, and good afternoon to you, Robert. G'day, Georgie. How are you today? Good, thank you. That's good. Thank you for joining us for our third and final podcast. My pleasure. And um, with our interview with Robert Lee Johnston, the author of Tribute. So I'm here today for the next 20 minutes or so to get the most out of you, bleed you dry, <laughs> okay. get as much information as we can about this book. Um, so we've really talked about you and who you are and your writing style and the kids and the characters. Mm-hmm. So today I really wanted to, to get into the themes of the book a little bit more. Okay. Um, so humour, I found that that was really quite an important part of the book. Definitely. Um... I tried really hard to keep it funny. Um, I tried to use Australian quotes as much as I could there that I'd, I'd collected in my life. And um, it seems to have gone across okay. To, to, to cover such a heavy topic, I tried to use humour there to, to lighten it a little. Yes, and uh, indeed you did. And, and Georgie last week, uh, he, <laughs> yeah. uh, he put a bit of humour into our interview as well yeah, with, his, right. um, with his flatulence. Added a little atmosphere for us. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of heavy atmosphere. Yeah. I hope you didn't feed him any power this morning. No, no, he's, he's away from us at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I found one of the characters which really um, made me laugh was Blowjob Bob. Blowjob Bob, okay. <laughs> That's a great name, by the yeah, way. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, How'd you come up with that name? Well, oh, that was just a, uh, something I came up with in my head for him. And uh, he, he is funny in the sense that he's sort of someone that nearly every Australian person has heard about or met once in their life. You know, he's, um, he's, afraid of clo- he's not afraid of being naked, so he never wears clothes. And he's the dude that's running through the pub naked at closing time, uh, making everyone laugh, and, and just doesn't have that shame bone that some of us are born with. So, uh, you know, he was fun to play with and fun to get a laugh out of and, and resembles a few people at their peaks or lows of their life, if you like, in my life. <laughs> and these people like Blowjob Bob, they get the girls. How, how do they do that? Uh, I, that I was a really don't. funny scene <laughs> yeah, was... in the book when all the... Uh, I must, we're going to have to talk about prison in a sec, but, yeah. um, but he makes... Lo- um, light of, of the dark situation that, oh, yes. that the boys find themselves in and uh, and all these honeys come to visit in prison. <laughs> well, I, I never know how that works. So, you know, I was never as lucky as him. But, yeah, you know, the most um, pretty women sometimes are with the most uh, battered men. You know, you see them with these, these guys who... Uh, who just don't fit the bill sometimes but that's the beauty of it because everyone's attracted to something different than everybody so hopefully in every one of these characters there's a little bit of something that reminds them of someone or some somebody they've heard of and the, the laugh doesn't stop it goes throughout the whole book um you know started last week we talked about Deidre and Sid and the smells yeah um and then we've got the kids you know written up in the local rag from, from Sarge <laughs> Um, for being dickheads of the month. Yeah, yeah. So um, and, that, and that's is, a pretty funny that's um, right. part and too. I think a lot of city people probably wouldn't recognise that. You know, that's a, a very small town trait. And, and not every small town has that article in their newspaper, but some do. And, and they're, they're quite quirky little towns. And even the coppers in those towns were good blokes back then. You know, we'd, meet, we'd see them in the pub drinking and, and they'd always have a joke to tell or, or point at someone and laugh. So in a small town, you not only had 
um, the newspaper telling everyone who who you are and what you've done, but you also had the local pub sort of joining in on board as well. And and that always made for fun comebacks and some of the funniest stuff you ever hear in your life in a pub, you know. <laughs> a few people have a few beers and then it all just comes flowing out. And that's a, gives a, uh, a, a good punishment too, instead of just giving someone a fine or... Um, you know, put them in jail. Yeah, yeah. It, it um, gets the whole town to, to laugh at them. And... Well, and from personal experience, I know that when the police officer gave me a warning and a kick in the backside, you know, it meant more than, than you know, fining me $300 for something or other. Um, and, and that's getting lost on police nowadays too. And, you know, understandably with all the paperwork, it, they were different police officers back then. You know, they were very much part of the town. Now they seem to be a little bit more part of their own group. So correct me if I'm wrong, in this scene or in this article, the, the kids find a, a, a blue beacon that's very similar to a, a police car's. Oh, yes. And they, uh, and they put it on the roof of their car and drive around town. Imitating and... a police officer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is the thing with this book. You know, it is adults only. It's not what you want your kids to hear because it's what you would overhear in a pub three or four blokes yarning about and talking about so no it's not I, something that you teach your children to do no no and and you don't, you don't take your kids to the pub to overhear these yarns you go there to hear them for yourself and and sometimes you can't help but overhear them you know the, the bloke telling the story might be pretty loud but i think that's the beauty of this book it's almost like you're hearing something you're not really should be hearing but at the same time when you hear it you want to hear more of course and 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 you know the the impact that that has on each of these characters is, is great. You, they've all got a little bit interesting about them and something relatable, and that really helps in, in sort of keeping the reader interested going through the book. Uh, as I said, the last just don't stop. Until you get to the end, there's a glossary. There's a glossary <laughs> of Australian terms. So yeah. um, we'll take you through... Take us through one of your favourites in the book. Oh, well, there's so many. The glossary I had... Uh, test readers from all over the world so um, when I sent them work uh, they'd all write back to me going oh you know it's great so far and that but I don't understand what the hell you're talking about here or there so I, I started out writing the glossary just for them because you know I, and the wonderful thing was with um, my German Dutch and American and Canadian readers and I could go on uh, they found that the story was ultimately Australian yes but very very universal and so the themes in there, they laughed at just as much as we laughed at. And, and maybe they had to go to the glossary first to look up what it all meant, but they, they got it in the end. And, and this was a very potent idea in my head during writing because I did want the humour to really shine through to, to every sort of English-speaking nation. And um, every English-speaking nation knows how to pull a prank and knows what a prankster is. So... Um, I was I was quietly surprised and still am amazed that you know I'm getting fan mail from England and America and and people all over the world that really latched onto these characters and and, um, and got slang a, and slang yeah and, and got a taste of Australia and that's where most of the humour comes from actually is the slang and, and yeah but nah but yeah, <laughs> yeah but nah but yeah and, that means yes, <laughs> yes right yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that stuff is gold if you can find the, the perfect spot to put it 
And I had a million of these things and it wasn't until a friend of mine told me when I told him some stories that I should write these down and keep it as real to life as I can. And I found that that's where the humour was, not so much in what was happening but in how we reacted to certain situations and what people say in those situations. So um, I'm, I'm happy to say that that is universal. And, and, um, Would you say you're an arsey bugger? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I really am. Um, it's taken off in such a fashion that I am still a little bit dumbfounded and speechless by it all because every day it just it grows and it grows and I've never had the backing of a major uh, publisher in Australia because they don't publish this type of violence or blood or those sorts of stories and I, I perfectly understand that. So early in the piece I knew I had a universal story, I knew I had a good story um, and I knew that I wasn't going to get uh, backing from a major publisher. So word of mouth and and having an original story has really aided me um, more than anything. Well, hopefully this glossary is going to be a bit of a trademark of yours. Well, it has to be. It definitely has to be because a lot of my test readers are overseas, so they really need that there. And, and it's quite surprising, even in cities, how much... Uh, the slang can change from one city to another and and be unknown of. So it's nice to have those references in there when you travel Australia and you go to a new part and you know what certain words mean. Yeah, I've learned a few words like gutchy. Gutchy. And <laughs> yeah. I like gammon. Is gammon. that how to pronounce that right? Yeah, That's well, very far north Queensland. Yeah, isn't it? it's very, and it's gammon. You know, gammon, it's like, sorry. you're really gammon. You know, or or that's gammon. This is gammon. Um, it, it, they're they're wonderful words and 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 people that don't understand it, make their own meanings up anyway. You know, they, uh, they they slip their own words in there for that. So how did your editor go with this? Oh, yeah. I, I read your um, your, your blog, uh-huh. and, uh, and part of the reason why you put this glossary in was because your editor, Philip, I won't mention Philip's last name just in case he doesn't want to be known, he himself had a lot of trouble with the slang. Oh, yeah, he, he had a fit. Um, because my grammar and my spelling was so atrocious. He um, would write things on the side of my work, just eek with a thousand exclamation marks on it, or don't do that ever again. Um, So he was very helpful to me. And and him being English, um, he was my first glossary additive, if you like. I had to put he wanted to cut words out and I said oh, I don't think you understand those those words are important have to stay and he'd never heard them ever in his whole life and so basically it started with me making him sure that the words belonged there and I'm glad to say he's picked up a few too you know he's a big fan of Rido and a few people I have fans <laughs> yeah they're already back saying I can't stop saying Rido now um so I'm really really wrapped with that you know if you can get into people's lexicon I think you're doing a pretty good job well Philip also has some really great things to say about your book I guess he would be your first reviewer he, he would have well, sort of seen your book before any of your test well, readers I was fussy with editors too so I picked the harshest the cruelest and and you know I'm I'm a grown man and I was waiting around for his report card like a princess in a parade I was nervous and almost vomiting and you know, not sleeping, and uh, a report card at my age is a hell of a thing. I haven't had one since I was 14. Uh, we've heard about you and your report cards as well, haven't we, Robbie? <laughs> and this is very reminiscent of uh, my 14-year-old report cards. You know, it, basically it sums up saying exactly what they did, um, 
you know, that I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> if I may, I do have a copy of Robert's manuscript assessment here by okay. his um, guru, his editor, and uh, I'm just going to read out some of the general comments. There are some shiningly brilliant pieces here, and I don't say such things lightly. In fact, I re- rarely say them. There is some great use of language and images, some excellent character sketches, in many ways a tour de force. At the same time, some of the grammar is excruciatingly bad and the colloquial, almost phonetic writing style is difficult to understand at times. So, yeah, he really, he really shined a light on what I could get away with and what I couldn't. Um, I'd never written a book before, so I really am not well read either. So I had no real idea of structure or anything like that. And, and anyone writing a book, I would suggest getting an editor as soon as you can. Um, because they really do light some paths up for you. Um, And he could be cruel and kind at the same time. That was wonderful what he wrote to me, and that was one of my very first... That was my very first report from him. So I knew I was onto something if I could please him. He's very fussy with what he likes and what he doesn't. It is a very encouraging report card. Yeah, it it kept me going. Yeah, I, I would be really pleased if this was what I got reported on on my first... And I knew I had something original because it, it was it was something that he's never read before, a style like that. So I think the um, shock and awe factor may have helped because it sort of drew him in a bit, I think. Well, one of his concluding remarks, he said that this is at times a gruelling read and not for the faint-hearted. On the other hand, it has a great deal of heart, excellent characters and some superb writing. Catastrophe, catastrophes of grammar and spelling aside in brackets. I'm reminded when reading this of a wild brumby. How do you train and discipline the horse without destroying its spirit, without losing that which makes you want to capture it in the first place? Mm. Clearly you need to introduce some discipline. <laughs> in other words, what he's, what he's saying is Robbie is easily distracted. Um, but, you know, it, that was wonderful and I, I still keep that today and I've let you access all my Facebook um, and media stuff so um, you know that is one I treasure and keep and 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 I'm pretty proud to be that wild Brumby that he tried to tame because he, he actually did and and the spontaneity that he talks about there and and the uh, the use of language was very important to me from the start and he he believed that too so he didn't want to change what was there he just wanted to polish it and I think that was where I put so much fear into that report card is because I thought he was trying to change my work or change me and in fact he didn't he he just wanted to make it better so um I I will always appreciate him for that and and still use him to for an editor this to this day and polish it he did because it sounds like when you first started writing it was written in, in first person which I know I've heard is, is actually the most difficult to write from. Yeah, and that's why this book took me 10 years to write because at first I did do it in the first person and it it was still great in my mind but it just lacked a little something and I didn't want to put anything out there mediocre and I didn't want to put anything out there that could have been done better and I really can't add any more to this book and um, I, think, I think he helped me trim and slim line it to that point and... Uh, Without him, it would have dragged on a little bit too much. And um, I would like to talk about some of the other reviews that you got from 
characters as well. Uh-huh. I'm sorry from 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 your Facebook reviewers, okay. if I may. Yeah, yeah, help yourself. Um, so we've got a lady here who gave you five stars, um, and this is accessible via Robert's um, author Robert Lee Johnson's page. Five stars. It wasn't always a comfortable read, but it was a journey well worth taking. A brutal, no-holes, barred tale filled with tragedy and hope. Love, royalty, loyalty and mateship. Best described as a roller coaster ride completed in an old rickety billy cart down a slick and slippery forest track <laughs> with no brakes. You've just got to hold on for the ride, then sit back amazed when it's all over. Alberta should be a writer, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's got a great turn of phrase there. She does, and she sounds like she might be from up here too, perhaps. Yeah, and that's really nice because a lot of people are recognising this part of Australia, even people that have only seen here on postcards. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people saying that it reminds them of a, a North Queensland town, and, and of course um, that's what it's about, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they see that. And you've got reviewers from other countries too. Um, yeah. I've got... Matt here, best book I've read in ages, gets your attention from the get-go and the pace only increases. Gritty, shocking, eye-opening. Written in a way that really puts you there. Everything you could want in a book, another five stars. Well, he's, he's from, from England, yeah, and, and that again just proves the universal of the universality of this book. You know, it, it, it conquers all sorts of places. Uh, I, I think he may be living in Tenerife even and um, Isn't that Spain? Yeah, I think he's from Britain, but he, he lives in Spain at the oh, moment. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, he he um, he bought into it, and, and I find that it doesn't take much to do that when, it's, when it moves so quickly. Um, but, you know, the thing with it too is that there's no sequel, so... I, think I like books with no sequels. Yeah, well, that's... I'm, I'm sort of sick of... To be, that's my opinion, of course. Um, you know, sick of these series where you have to wait for the next yeah, one. Yeah, me too. Or, yeah. Me too, and... Uh, I'm tired of it to the point where I think it's just cheap of the author selling out a little bit maybe and, and perhaps one day I will be a published author and I will sell out but I, I won't sell out with sequels. And well, there's no Nobel Prize literary winner that's ever written a sequel, I'm not that. I, I, I wouldn't know that. That's, I'll have to look into that. But And I, I think you can cover it in one book and, uh, and if you can make that book cover... A sequel or two. I could have easily cut that up into two books, but I think when you get it all in one hit, it, it's so much nicer. And I think there's a certain honesty with the writer too. Um, you know, when you know there's a sequel coming out, you know they're holding back good characters. You know they're holding back good good sentences and good lines. And uh, I just wanted this to have it all in one. And it, so it's very hard to tell people what this is about this book because. Hopefully the people that have read it or are listening to this, they, they will understand that it covers many, many bases. There's no easy way to bring up child slavery, child abuse, um, anything like that. So it's one of those books that is maybe a, a voice for the downtrodden and, and shows people a perspective that maybe they haven't thought of before. And it wasn't just all good reviews, so it has there. Like, oh, no, um... I, I have one particular bad one. And I, I'm... I'm fine with that. I'm always going to get a bad review. But the thing I'm finding with most of my bad reviews is that these people are, uh, are jumping to a conclusion before reaching an end. You know, they read the first chapter and tell me they've read the first chapter and they hate it and this and that. But there's 27 other chapters there and the first chapter wasn't meant to make friends. It's not there to make nice. Um, so in a way... And correct me if I'm wrong, I think this particular review said that it was... 
atrocious and um, disgusting, grotesque. Yes. Um, and and um, imagine if your children read this. Well, and, and that sentence mystifies me because it is an adults-only book and so people should treat this book and will, I believe, as, as any other adult-only content in their house. Uh, there's some things that people just aren't allowed to read until they're 18 and this is one of them. Um, I, I'm not going to argue with these people. I don't light those fires. I don't antagonise them people back. But, but I will say that I have got <clears throat> mothers who, whose daughters have recently turned 18 and 19 and she's thrust it upon them as soon as they've got to that age um, because she was just afraid they had their blinkers on a little bit. They, they seen the niceties to everything in life, which we all must and do, and hopefully we all try to do that. But uh, we also must be aware of victims and people suffering. So uh, that was a big compliment to me, and I don't think I could please 100% of people with one book. So, so far, so good. My fans, I don't even like to call them fans, my readers have been fantastic. They really have seen that there is more to this book than just the first chapter, and uh, I take my hat off to them because uh, I tried really hard to write it for an adult and give us something like the kids have in the sense of their magical books and a book that takes you away. Um, but it's something with adult content that we can really sink our teeth into. And where to now, Robert? So you've written the book. It's out there. We've got people having good reviews well, and you're selling to, quite a few. It's not to America. I'm, I'm proud to say I don't like saying that to the American people. But I've had screenwriters want to adapt tribute into a, in a movie over there and I really don't want it to be Americanized. I see what happened to Kath and Kim. On the TV, you see they destroy Kim, you know, they... They made Kim attractive. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they have a wonderful sense of humour, Americans, and hopefully I can tap into that with the book. But when they try to adapt anything Australian, they miss the dryness and they miss the essence of the dry, um, tasteless sense of humour that we have. And, and, and anybody putting their hands on my work and turning it into something like Kath and Kim's American version is a stuff of nightmares for me. Um, we, need, we need that smirk that Kyle, that Cozy has in his life. And when he smiles, we need it to be that Aussie smile we recognise in every cheeky little mongrel kid we've known all our lives. And just that alone, I don't know if they could capture it quite as well as one of us. And I, I'm proud that it's an Australian book and I'm, I really want to keep it in Australia. So, you know, if someone like Nick Cave or someone puts his hands up, I love his movie-making prowess, I would, I would bend over backwards to make that movie with him and, and let him do what he wants with it. But to let someone overseas take my work is never going to happen. That's just not part of the plan. I can see that on the cinema, so good luck to you on that. Thank you. Can yeah, I put well, my hand up for, a, for um, to have a role in your movie? Yeah, we can, <laughs> just one of the extras. We could be in the background in the pub or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. That I, think I, I could do that. But I have got another book coming out, and it, it's in no way attached to tribute whatsoever so it's uh based on the 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 humorous side of that people are responding to in in uh, tribute i thought i'll I'll try write a comedy and so this is my attempt at something quite comedic and and something that just makes you smile all the way through there's still a little robert lee johnson in there as far as is there a glossary there will be have to be a glossary i'm afraid there's there's still a few things in there but it's a it's another um, great Aussie yarn, and um, and it's called I'm, Lucifer on Leave, isn't it? Lucifer on Leave, yeah. So I'm hoping people can, um, you know, see another side to my style of writing and and still enjoy my style of writing. 
And so I've, I've got the blurb for Lucifer on Leave, if I may, read it out. Um, yeah, well, it's coming out tomorrow, so you're more than welcome to read it out. Um, it's got here, read in a cinema voice. I'll, I'll try my best cinema voice. A deal has been struck. No, that shouldn't be there. I mustn't have erased that first sentence. That shouldn't be there. Uh, oh, is this on, the, fa- is this on the Facebook page? I think it, it was. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I think I'll just do it in my voice. Okay. A deal has been struck. The 21st century has a visitor. He visits Earth for one year each century. On arrival, he is stripped of his power. The devil is one of us, among us, living down under. Lucifer is on leave and is here in Australia. That's almost like a poem. (laughs) It is. Um, And it's a wonderful little twist on something that's been so cliched so many times. And so I've made this... Very Australian, and uh, he turns up in in, a, in Cairns. So he hasn't been to Earth for a century, and things have changed a little bit since he was here last, and he's never been to Australia before. So there's a, a massive learning curve there. And, of course, all these books that give the devil powers... And, all and the women the, love him. Oh, yeah, you know, how, how many things have you seen with the devil in it? And there's 50 gorgeous women throwing themselves at him, and he's... He heals instantly and he controls this and that. Well, I've just made it so there's a deal where he has nothing and, and he's no better than the next man and, and he has to keep secrets and he has to feel things. And Robert's allowed me to be one of his test readers. Mm-hmm. I won't give you my review online or on, on air, but uh, I just want to quote one of the things from it about the devil being quite mediocre. He looks down his pants and goes, average. Fairly <laughs> average. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't give the devil a, a, a big And you independent. <laughs> no, no. And, and it's hard to give that um, uh, life out of context. But yeah, he every time he comes here, he gets a new human vessel. And the first thing he does is usually check his appendage. And, and this one's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but he, he he meets a good Aussie bloke and a good Aussie, yeah he's a good Aussie teenager kid. Hello, Turkey. Just got his eighteen year. He's just got his license and um, so so there's a bit of adventure in there for them and a bit of fun and 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 perhaps a different way to look at this subject and a few other subjects you know without necessarily shining an X-ray light on them. Absolutely. So how are you going to publicise both these books? Well, I'm. I'm um, I'm still unknown, so so tribute. I'm just about to do a book launch now around Australia, and as you've got as one coming up at the Cairns Tropical Writers Festival on the tenth right. of August. That's I've got right. here written down. I've, yes, I've, I've got strict instructions from your publicist <laughs> uh, about the dates of all these places. She has the whip out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll be signing books there and selling books there, and and there'll be a lot of other writers there as well. I was going to go to. The Bad Mofo Fest down in Tasmania, but the, the Dark Mofo. Dark Mofo, sorry, yeah, but it didn't work out. I, I didn't have all the copies I needed, and had some publishing troubles with the with the printer. Um, so, but I'm still travelling around Australia. That as soon as I get back to here, I will then do a book launch for Lucifer on Leave as well. Even though Lucifer on Leave will be available from tomorrow, um, you know, it takes a little bit of time for these things to uh, get into the ether. And I heard somewhere that you might have a travelling band with you for your book promotion. That's right. And maybe not travelling, but I'll have a band at each place. And it'll just be a quiet band, but it's not going to be a coffee and cheese type book launch either or tea and scones. Uh, You know, I'll have a pig on the spit there. We'll have a bar. Um, We'll have some nice music playing, some some rock and roll, some some bits of everything. 
Um, so music from the book. Music from the book, yeah. So whatever. And Tribute is littered with good songs and good artists and, and there's homages all the way through there to all sorts of artists. So uh, the people I'm hiring to do the, the band stuff, they're all loving the selections as well. So it should be a good night. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Ho- happening somewhere in Melbourne. And you've been on the radio, Robert. Yes. Um, um, I, I did a bit more research <laughs> and um, found a podcast of a, of a reader giving you a, a review on, on the afternoon show with Brian Ann Curtis. Yeah, my publicist um, sent that to me when she heard it straight away. And, and, and Brian was great. He, he gave my reader a lot of airtime to talk about the book and, and I, I, had, I didn't know what was happening and then suddenly I was selling all these books in Melbourne and so I had to ask someone how they'd come about hearing of tribute and they said I was on someone was spruiking me on the radio so I looked into it a little bit more and, and in fact had been reviewed here and there so um, you know my hat goes off to all my Melbourne fans for, for getting behind me and supporting me. Fantastic and that's the reason why you're going down to Melbourne to do your promotion. Yeah that's right yep. it's, I'm, I've sort of been on radios all through the country now so um, I'm, I'm really happy with that and, and people are starting to recognise um, me as an author now and, and that just makes life a little bit easier. And, um, and readings in, in Melbourne are hopefully going to take on your book to, to sell. So. Yeah, yeah they've, um, I think they've got a copy there at the moment. So, yeah, everywhere has been fantastic. I, I approached all my local um, outlets around here, of course, and they've been wonderful. And, and, of course, you coming out to interview me always makes me smile, you know. Uh, it's just great to let people know this side of me. And um, many authors out there, I feel, shut themselves off from this type of stuff and... and uh, I, I was scared, but you kind of make it upbeat and, and friendly and fun, so, you know, I've really enjoyed it. And who else have you sent the book to? You've sent them to um, a, the, the prisons, uh, I've yeah. heard. Yeah, well, uh, of you course. Do donations? Uh, yeah, yes. Um, there's not a hell of a lot to do in prison except read, and and um, sometimes you can... you can. Um, I don't really know how to say this without saying I'm full of myself... Uh, but sometimes you can latch on via a book in prison and and because there is very little to do at night reading used to be a big part of prison I believe because nowadays there's TVs and things like that so before then it was just books and um, you get a little underground cult sort of happening going on there and these people get out and they tell people what they did and what they read and uh I heard that that's how Robert G. Barrett got around too. That, well, that, yeah, he had that, a very, that's his marketing yeah. strategy, perhaps. And, and inmates would hear another inmate laughing at two in the morning and, and see them the next day, what the hell were you laughing at last night? And it'd be some classic Robert G. Barrett sentence, you know, um, as quiet as a mouse pit, pissing on a piece of cotton sort of thing. And, and so then that inmate would read it and he'd laugh and another guy would hear him laughing. And, and so laughter is the, is the ultimate attractant there. If you can get someone laughing... People will always ask them what you're laughing at and uh, hopefully you sell your book a little bit more. Well, good luck with everything, Robert. Thank you've you. sent them to ABC Radio. You've sent copies to the Mona Library, so that's the Museum of Old and New Arts in, in, in Hobart. That's right. So you're trying to capture that dark market, are you? The people that's who are right. really well, into um, a bit of alternative entertainment. Well, and that's why I haven't got a mainstream publisher because this is not driving Miss Daisy or the next girl on the train or... Or some red dragon. This is, this is something for adults only, and something for uh, not every adult. So putting a uh, a twist on 
something so pretty. I, I read lots of books about North Queensland and it is a pretty place and a wonderful place, but I've tried to put a sinister side to it as Stephen King has done to some towns and his little fictional towns. And I think the forest and the jungle, the rivers and rainforests, the rapids, I think all that intensity helps add to the sinister side of that of, uh, of that side of that not many people have looked at it and explored. So uh, I'm kind of really proud to be the first person to, you know, add a bit of an underside or an underbelly to the, the area in far north Queensland. Yes, and I'm interested to hear of Lucifer's adventures yes. in far north Queensland well, too. Um, you know, I'm always around if you want to do more interviews. Oh, <laughs> you're trying to create more work for me, are you, Robert? Well, I like interviews with you. You're fun. So, uh, yeah, I was scared the first time, but now I, I like talking to you. You're easy, easy going, so it's fun. Well, I'll look forward to it. I'll have to get back to you on that. No worries. Thank you so much for your time, Robert. It's My been pleasure. fun, the last three episodes. I've really enjoyed it. It's, and hopefully um, more to come. And thank you again for inviting me to your lovely home and hanging out with your beautiful animals and your dogs. It's been my pleasure. I've had a blast. Good afternoon to you. Thank you. Bye-bye.